Are you ready for my big opening question to you? Uh, yeah. Put your fo- stop looking at TikTok. Put your phone no, no, away. Get fucked. There's nothing on TikTok to look at except the Mandarin Movie Podcast, which just put up a new reel on TikTok, and you should go check it out. It's not called a reel on TikTok. I'm confusing my. Oh, my slippers are on too tight. None of this. How can out. a slipper be on too oh, tight? You'd be surprised. <laughs> no. How can a slipper be on too tight? Uh, if you push your foot too far into it, and then it's just kind of like compressing your foot. But the slipper has no compression. This is an important question. It's a loose thing. Uh, it's like a big sock. It is like a big sock. There's no compression in it. In fact, a sock has more compression than a slipper. Here's my question for you when it comes no, to slippers. No, I don't want to. I want to talk about slippers now. No, I'm going to ask you about slippers. Oh, okay. My question is about slippers. All right. You, you calm down. Give, no, I'm annoyed. You've, you've, you've fucked me off and now I'm coming into the episode <laughs> roasting hot. Right. Fucking tight slippers. <laughs> I love a tight slipper. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Why are you so crunchy, your slippers? I put one on. It was, <laughs> it was it was it was hard, hard and, and crunchy. I don't know what you've been doing to your tight slipper, but it was disgusting. <laughs> I like to jizz on my feet, and sometimes my slippers are still on. <laughs> uh, it was implied. The the, j- <laughs> the joke was I was implying it. <laughs> Why have you done this? So my question about slippers: <laughs> as someone who, up until the age of thirty didn't like slippers or wore or never wore slippers and was against the idea of slippers oh my god the more episodes we record and the more cold (laughs) opens we do where we talk about nonsense things yeah the more i would think i hate you (laughs) i i hate this man that i sit across from once a month and record these episodes of the podcast. That's, why why you were you so against slippers until you were 30? What if it was cold? What was the middle of winter? What did you put on your feet? I just I thought that's what socks were for. I felt slippers were, much like the leaf blower, irrelevant. What the <laughs> fuck is that sentence? What do you mean, much like the leaf blower? A leaf blower is irrelevant. How is a leaf blower irrelevant? We'll save that for another day. No, Back to slippers. no, no, no. <laughs> How is a leaf blower irrelevant? Because it should be a leaf sucker, not a leaf blower. What? What do you like? What's the point of blowing the leaf? Because right, you so blow the leaves into a corner. You then scoop the corner. It makes it easy to put no, all the leaves. No, no listen. Bre- you put you blow the leaves into a corner. Uh huh. You make a big pile. It's easier then to scoop all the pile of leaves into a bin. Okay, but here's think how. Think about the si- Think about carrying a brown bin on your back if you wanted a leaf sucker. No, you just put like a wee bag on your back with a bin bag on it and. Leaves aren't exactly heavy. It's when, not like it's going to weigh you down. When they're soaking wet because it's been pissing all weekend, when do you think most leaves come down, Gavin? During the autumn time. And what happens during the autumn time? It, you know, all the, le- the trees die and it gets cold and wet. And it gets cold and, and wet. Yeah. So when you're sucking up, you're soaking fucking disgusting leaves off the ground. But it's like a bag of cold... Wearing sl- no slippers in your fucking <laughs> damp ass socks. Like a maniac. Just a crazy man wandering around a garden with no socks or slippers on, just sucking up wet. And I know you, I know you, I know you so well. I know for the last 30 years that you weren't wearing slippers, you would have been complaining every single winter about how fucking cold your feet were. I know for a fact. There are two things when it comes to the slipper. One is I had socks, so I felt didn't need slippers. And two, um, I always had carpet in the places I lived. I always had carpet in the places I lived. I'm Gavin. I'm a fancy, fancy man. I don't like your Scottish accent. I hate you. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. It's meandering movies. So won't you lend an ear? 
day. Oh, it's a quiet one. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Meandering Movie Podcast. Happy we, New Year. Happy New Year. The last episode was our Who's Gonna Save Nakatomi Plaza Santa Claus yep. Christmas episode. We hope you had a lovely Christmas. We hope, hope you had, had a Christmas. lovely New Year. And a good New Year. Gavin, quick question before yes. we get stuck into this episode. Gary. Did we get any yippee motherfuckers? We got a total of zero yippee motherfuckers. <laughs> so I just want to start off the new year by saying, <laughs> fuck all of you. Hard, deep, thrusting, fuck you. <laughs> That's what I want to offer out to you. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. It's Christmas and New Year. It's hard to whip out your phone hit record on notes or send us a voice message, yeah. WhatsApp, Facebook, That's all so these difficult. things. A total effort. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say uh, they haven't, they have this year. They have an entire a year. entire year. Every episode will remind them. Every episode I'll remind them. I'm still it's kind of like how we were going to talk about years. Sonic every episode last year and we did that for like three episodes and then stopped. There was not a lot to talk about <laughs> the Sonic movies. You tried. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hello. Uh, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Hopefully you had a fantastic holiday break and you've been sitting, staring at your phone like a small child in the cold looking at a radio on Christmas Day, waiting for a, the new update, Spotify to ping you, new episode from the Meandering Movie Podcast, boys. And you cracked it open like a like a raw Easter egg, and you're now gorging yourselves on the Easter yummy egg raw or whatever. I don't know. I, I, I'm mixing metaphors. Here. Okay. Look, they're eating good now because we're back. <laughs> we're back, baby. And we're talking about our absolute favorite movies and maybe some of the most hated movies of 2023. And who's talking about these movies? I'm Gary Copeland Boyd, and I am the sunshine that peeks through your pants when you take them down a wee bit too low, Gavin. What do you make of that one? <laughs> sunshine dick sunshine r- dick or sunshine butt I like how I just looked you dead where- in the eyes and said it <laughs> which where's the where's the sunshine coming from Gav um the back of my knees <laughs> <laughs> okay got a hot knee so um, in this episode we are as Gary has pointed out talking about the best and worst movies of 2023 yeah. we don't get a lot of chances during the year to talk about movies because we record once a month because we have busy intense lives we might be trying for more but we fucked it this month I got robbed yeah you got yeah which is why we were gonna we were gonna record two last week have one out mid-month have one out end of the month and I got robbed uh don't worry about it if you'd like to send me donations attachy pKA motherfucker. <laughs> Send me 10 buck, whatever. 10 buck? 10 buck. 10 buck too. 20 buck. The weird thing was they just robbed you of your hair. That was the weird part. (laughs) Bold as shit. (laughs) So bold. Bold as shit. The doctor said I got robbed by alopecia. (laughs) We'll never know. It might just be actual alopecia. So now we're going to go back and forth after- Can you get a wig bid? I know you can, obviously you can get a wig, but can you get like a- if you watched the movie um, Next School Wins, directed by Taika Waititi, starring mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender, he starts the movie with a wig beard, and it looks really bad, and it's a noticeable wig beard. <laughs> so yes, you can get wig beards, but I think but you have to be... that's a special effects thing. That's like a makeup. You can probably go... There's probably a person out there who will give you a wig beard for all those... You can like, get a pubic beard. Uh, pubic beard? Pubic wig. Merkins. Yeah, Merkins. But is that... Do guys get those, or is it just for ladies in movies? I, uh, I don't know. Have you ever seen that film... It has, I'm going to name a bunch of characters because I don't know the actor names. And then I'm going to get Piper from Orange is the New Black. I've not seen Orange is the New Black. The main girl, the blonde one. Okay. Starts off nice, turns into a dick, comes back nice, I think, at the end. Oh, it's like my arc. It <laughs> has, okay, a, 
has uh, Ben from Parks and Rec. Ben from Parks and Rec. Which one was Ben? He dates Amy Poehler. I can dates- remember Amy Poehler. Oh, like in the beginning? No, later on. No, no recollection. Okay, of uh, has Gideon from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Um, which one was Gideon? The evil ex. The, the okay. the, 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 there are the, seven of those. <laughs> so you need to narrow that down. <laughs> Literally the whole the point main, of the, the movie. The, the main evil ex. The big, the one that's oh, all, like, orchestrated. Uh, the guy... Um, He's got one of them. He's got one of these yeah, things. Yeah, your, your man who did like the voice. He's got one of these things. He does the voice for Gideon in the animated show as well. Okay, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. One of them. Yeah, he was in like Asteroid City and stuff. He does a lot. He was in Rushmore. He's in Rushmore. He's, he's in Rushmore. He's, he's Rushmore. Yeah, he's, he is Rushmore. <laughs> I can't remember that film. Is his name David? Does he, get, does he get fucked by a teacher in Rushmore? Is that the plot of Rushmore? I don't remember Rushmore. I only saw Rushmore once. I never went back to it. Okay, well, moving don't on. Don't tell um, Wes Anderson that. <laughs> He'll be very upset. He'll be very anyway, upset. all of those people and someone else who I can't remember and I don't remember seeing her in anything else. Right. All of those actors are in a movie. Jason Schwartzman. That's Jason it. Schwartzman. And then do the other guys, Ben and Piper. I don't think that's their names. Okay. When did this movie come out? Ooh. Did this movie come out in 2023? No. Then why are we talking about it? Because we were talking about Merkins. There's a bit... The, what I'm getting to is there's a bit at the end of that movie. The sleepover! That's the, the name of the film. Because it's about a sleepover. It's the sleepover. Is he doing the sleepover? Well, so, right. Real quick. Then we'll talk about 2023 films. 2020, that movie came out. Piper and Ben are a couple. And they have a kid. And they're going for a sleepover with Jason Schwartzman's wife and their kid. And then Jason Schwartzman's wife... And him are kind of like, they smoke doobies and they're into sex. But Ben and Piper are like, oh, we're not into that. We're like responsible adults. We've not done that stuff since we were kids. And then Jason Schwartzman tries to convince him to have a big orgy with him and his wife, like swing a shit. And they almost do it. But at one point, Jason Schwartzman and Ben from Parks and Rec both get their willies out and they both have big bushes because it was probably a Merkin. There are a lot of movies called The Sleepover, and the one I was looking at was a Netflix movie. Um, yep, that sounds right. Um, but it doesn't have any of those actors in it that you talked oh, about. I can't be the one then. Maybe it wasn't The Sleepover. Stay over? Stay over? I don't think it was called The Sleepover. Oh, fuck. I'll look. You do the next bit. I'm going to look for this film. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's... Uh, it's Jason Schwartzman has a big willy. Ben has a little willy, but they both have really big pubes because of the Merkins. That was why we were talking about that film. But in this episode, we're doing the best and worst movies of 2023, and we're going to start off with talking about two of the biggest movies of 2023, just to get it, them out there and off the bat. The but, Overnight. Okay, that's not the movie I was going to say. It was 2015. Okay, thank you. It's a sex comedy. And you want people to go watch that because there's an American in it? No, I'm just saying, we were talking about Merkins, and I'm pretty sure he, you see a Merkin. I think if you watch the TV show Outlander, there's a lot of Americans in that. Adam Scott. Taylor Schilling, Ben and Piper. So the movies we're going to talk about <laughs> off the bat are going to be Barbie and Oppenheimer. We both saw Barbie and Oppenheimer. We both have feelings about Barbie and Oppenheimer. But we Oppen did... Oppen Barbie. Barbenheimer. Barbenheimer. But we did not do any content about Barbie or Oppenheimer. So now you're now showing me a picture of the American. Thank you for showing... Oh, that's a lot of... Oh, wait. I think I've seen that movie. How could you not remember it? When he's got the little chode. He's got a teeny penis and Jason Schwartzman's got a big shot. And they go to like the massage parlor and stuff. Yeah, and he gets a handy. Yeah. There's there's them two of them. Yeah, I saw that movie and he's like, he's a weird artist. I don't understand how my explanation for that film, like that whole everything. Yeah, he, all he does is paint the buttholes. Yeah, he paints the buttholes. Yeah, I've seen that movie. Right. I didn't like it. 
Why? So we're going to talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer. Because <laughs> I did like those movies and I'd like to talk about them. Okay. Which one do you want to start with? I think which, one, which one of our Barbenheimer double bill, double feature double bill would you like to begin? Bob, uh, let's Barben, do Barbie first. Barbie. Barbie, I Margot think. Margot Robert. Margot Robert? Ryan Gaslight. <laughs> Amy Ferrari. Dupleepa. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what comes to so naturally to me is such an effort for poor guys. John Jenner? John Chin. I feel like you were trying you were trying too hard the the trick is you just make them shit Amy Ferrari John Chin John Chevrolet better <laughs> okay better um, Will Ferret Great Gering Wig <laughs> Great Wig Great Wig Grape Wig Grape Wig is so much better <laughs> so when it comes to Barbie uh was it maybe one of the highest grossing movies of last year? Are we talking Barbie with a hyphen? Is there Barbie with a hyphen? No. Okay, then we're not talking about Barbie. Right. With, what's Barbie with a hyphen? I don't know. Hyman. Oh, no, I don't like that joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even the joke. It wasn't even a joke. I was just, I'm, you, we came, sorry guys, we came in today and Gavin was like, I want to record this sketch and we did and my energy levels rocketed and now I'm in a goofy goofy mood drink your drink your um juice i'm drinking it i bought you a juice i know i'm drinking it. i'm enjoying it but i'm just saying i'm i'm i apologize because i still haven't got to the first we talked Bobby. about we talked about a movie that came out in 2015 don't start naming the cast again <laughs> <laughs> i think when it comes to barbie i'm not going to slam the table because my mic is on it and that would be terrible for the audio It'd make my life difficult i think when it comes to barbie it being maybe the highest grossing movie no was it i think it was i think it beat oppenheimer by a Oh yeah, Oppenheimer definitely bet that. But I'm just trying to think: was there anything else that was maybe higher grossing? But then Marvel kind of shit the bed, so it's not going to be them. <laughs> so um, Disney, we'll get to that. Yeah, I think Barbie was the highest grossing movie of last year. Uh, I liked it, but I don't yes. think it was like billion dollar worthy. Like, woo! This is the greatest movie ever made. Hard disagree. Okay, why? Barbie is a great movie and it stands for now it's a great movie it however it does have its flaws and i'm not i'm not gonna argue that point because it's not a perfect film by any stretch but because it's such a woman-centric film and it has such a woman-centric uh you know cast and crew that worked on it the fact it's done so well is great um and and it, it is great because it just means that we're hopefully turning a corner in the world of film. Do you not feel we've already turned the corner, though? No. I feel we've turned the corner. Why do you think we've turned the corner? Because I feel like... Name five very well-known female directors. Oh, you think directors? I was thinking just, like, movies in general. You know? Right, but if if a movie has a female lead and is directed by a man, edited by a man, sound design done by a man, written by a man... I feel Would like, you say that's a man's movie but or I feel a woman's like, movie? If you look back at like, was it 2016, mm-hmm. 17, when like Wonder Woman and stuff came out, I feel like that was when we made the turn in the road and started down the right path. And Barbie is another big, worthy step on that path. So you agree? Yeah. All right, cool. Wait, what? Thanks. But here's, here's, (laughs) no, here's, here is my issue with Barbie, which was great movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
loved what it was able to achieve when it's based upon uh, a doll from what the sixties. Yeah, 50s? I mean, it's, and let's face facts: Barbie doesn't have a story, really. No, she never had a. Uh, so I think to one have the the confidence to give it to a director like Greta Gerwig, who's a great director but never like spearheaded a big budget movie, and then what? What big budget movie is she spearheaded? Little Women. That was not a big budget movie. Was it not? No, that was like 30 million or something. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I forget. In the movie world, that's but like Bar- that's Benny's. Like but Barbie's over a hundred million. I know, I know what you mean. And it's like and they're they're wanting it to make lots of money. So I thought it was really brave of not brave, because I hate using the word brave, but it was cool of them to give it to Greta Gerwig and then get Margot Robbie in there and then assemble that cast of people. Mm. A great cast, like your American Friars, for example, and just be like Okay, we're gonna try this. And I liked that. Kate, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, sure. Probably my least favorite part of the movie because I'm not a Kate McKinnon fan, but yes, she was there. Um, but my issue with the movie is I, it tries to go down too many different routes. Mm-hmm. And so I feel its messaging gets confused. It becomes a bit cluttered and messy. And then by the end, you're kind of like, Wait, what are we trying to say and achieve here? And that was my issue with Barbie. And I will, yeah, I'll... I'll, I'll on, yeah, on, in all honesty, I kind of agree with you on that. In the sense that halfway through the movie, I was kind of like, "Is this a, like this is more Ken's story?" Like yes. Barbie, Ken has an arc. Granted, it's a villain arc, but it's a villain arc with redemption. Barbie's arc ends up kind of, kind of in like playing second fiddle to the Ken storyline. Then you get the whole Will Ferrell cameo because his get whole, rid of that whole Will Ferrell, whole Will Ferrell story I could just do on. I, get rid of it. I, I w- I'm not sure if the reason they did it is because they wanted it to feel like they wanted it to be like a like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for bait and switch for the trailers. I'm yeah. not sure if that's the only reason that's in there, so that you didn't realize Ken was going to be the bad guy. Uh, but it's so pointless. It's awful. Um, and yeah, I do I do know what you mean. But I think I spoke to you about this at the time we were messaging and I said, I think, and I can't remember what you said in response, but like this movie wasn't for us. Yeah. It really wasn't. Which and it, and, and I if, totally agree with. Yeah. And if for all of its issues and for all of its cinematic problems, um, if, it, if a, if a hundred young women have gone out and watched Barbie and been inspired and realized that life doesn't need to be quite as shitty as it, as it often can be, eh, that's why I'm giving it a, Giving it a pass. You give it a freebie. I get that, but I feel like when it comes to these comments of like, oh, but this movie has gotten this group of people to go to see it. That's great. But at the same time, why aren't we making better movies for these groups of people? Barbie's a great movie, but when you look at it in comparison to other movies, it's quite sloppily made at points. It's written written I, not great at times it's structurally a bit of a mess yeah i i do know i do know what you mean i do understand where you're coming from but it like it, ah, it's a tricky for, one yeah, it's for a me, tricky one i it's a difficult one to talk about because it's a great movie and i love what it achieves yeah. but at the same time there are glaring issues i suppose what you're saying is technically the movie has issues and on a technical level yeah i can understand where you're coming from right so technically it's not been you know but it's the the I think the the counter argument to that is that is that Greta Gerwig's fault, or is that because Mattel, who have obviously licensed Barbie and then got Greta going in, and then Greta's kind of gone, 
this is what I want to make. And Mattel has shat the bed and being like, you can't, no, you like, this is a, this is a, this is a film about a toy. We want little girls to come see this. You can't have them saying the F word. You can't have dick jokes and wank off hand job jokes. Like you, that, no. And Greta Gerwig, who's obviously being like, well, you know, pro woman is Barbie not, do you know what I mean? Like I, without knowing the kind of the whole story of where Barbie's come from, I find it even harder to criticize because <laughs> you're right. You're right. You are right. The, the story is a bit of sloppy and near the end, especially like, I, like I've just, con- you know, not conceded, but I've just said that there's these conflicting arcs. Cause there are five, I think at least four or five different um, plot points yeah. that the movie's like. So for example, when the storyline with America Ferreira, yeah. her character and her daughter come into play, you're like, ah, I get where we're going with this movie now. I can see the direction we're doing. Yeah. And then they get to the head office of Mattel with Will Ferrell. And then they then forget about the Medic Ferrer stuff, sideline that for a, a, quite a while yeah. and go, okay, we're going to do the Ken and the Mattel stuff. Mm-hmm. We're doing the Mattel stuff for a while. Ken's happening in the background. Well, and then yeah. we're like, okay, now we're going back to Barbie land. Yeah. Ken stuff still happening. Oh, there's some, and then we're like, oh yeah, America Ferrer is here. They bring her back in, mm. and you're like, oh, I forgot she was in this movie. Barbie disappears for a large chunks of the movie because we're like, we're doing the Ken thing, we're doing the Mattel thing, we're doing the America Ferrer thing. Like at one point, Barbie, the Mattel, sh- the Mattel thing, I'm with you. Wipe it out. Like that whole Baton's like, oh, we need to get Barbie back. I think, I think the biggest problem and where that comes from is they didn't do a Space Jam. What do you mean? Right. Barbie Land exists. Mm-hmm. In the confines of the movie, Barbie Land exists nebulously in a real world, both in a real world place and also our imaginations. Yes. So you can physically, anyone apparently, can physically go to Barbie Land if you know the secret way. So it's a real tangible thing that any human being can go to, as they show multiple times through the film. But it is also weirdly linked directly to the subconscious of anyone who enjoys Barbie dolls. So because they made it that, it just ends up being this like like where like what the ne- fuck is Barbie? <laughs> like, yeah, it's this kind of nebulous, like what where yeah, are we? What is yeah, this? Yeah, and it's it's whereas Space Jam was like, fine, it's in a golf hole for some fucking reason. It's like a different weird but the dimension. The Toon World portal exists and you have to go through the Toon World portal and then you're in Toonland. And there's no crossover. You're either in Toonland or you're here. Yeah. So at least it's like very defined. Whereas this was like, well, yeah, it just, it's, I think that was its biggest problem. It should have just been, they should have just pulled it. Like Barbie ends up in the human world, not Barbie ends up in the human world because they know about the human world. And you're actually allowed to go to the human world sometimes, but only in rare occasions because you're depressed, because you're human that played with you when you were a kid is also feeling the effects of depression and, that has a knockoff effect on this fake world. Like what? Yeah, what? It's, <laughs> so overly complicated. It feels like they had a lot of ideas. They presented it to Mattel, and they were like, "So which one do you like?" They went, "Oh, we like all of them." All of them. And they're like, "No, no, we're like which avenue do you want yeah. us to go down?" And they went, "Just kind of throw them all the wall. And we'll see what sticks." And they're like, "Okay, I guess we'll do the Ken stuff and the Barbie stuff and the American Fair stuff and the Mattel." And just like, but, but for all of that. For all of that, and I, I'm with you, I totally get where you're coming from. For all of that, I still came out of that movie and I was like, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yes. Loved the story, loved the message, loved the look of the film. Um, I loved the, like, the, the, the attention to detail that went into making the Barbie world 
makes sense. The fact her mirror is backless because every mirror, so like that's just all like, those little gags, like the stuff when her floating off the roof because that's how girl, like yeah, kids, girls, and our children. The play music's with great. That Julie the song's great. That I'm just Ken, fucking absolute banger. Lizzo's song, fantastic. Lizzo's great song. I don't remember the Billie Eilish one, but everyone seems to go on about that one. That's a good one. But it makes me cry when I listen to it. Well, you cry anything. Uh, and yes. the bit, yeah. <laughs> you stubbed your toe earlier. You started wailing, and I'm like, Gary, it's fine. I got a lot of feels, man. Uh, so yeah, I think to summarize our thoughts on Barbie, uh, should have been Space Jam. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's move over to <laughs> to the brother of uh, Barbie. Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. Um. <laughs> I like that metaphor because you're right. Barbie, which is like a young girl playing with Barbies, having a good time, trying to fight the system. Yeah. Harshly contrasted by the big brother who's like cool and edgy and, you know, Barbies are shit. Look we, at me. We made our own nuclear explosion. I'm going to blow something up. In the back yeah. garden. Yeah, I, listen to, I listen to The Offspring now. I hate you. <laughs> Who listens to The Offspring? people trying to be edgy and cool well, you need to pick a better if you listen to the offspring listeners i'm calling you out <laughs> you're a loser <laughs> uh, yeah so i think where we landed in barbie is now the opposites for oppenheimer which is i absolutely loved oppenheimer yeah. and you were mid 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 as the kids say because i remember you and um they who were formerly known as audio boy who are now no longer with us Um, they're not dead. Not dead. <laughs> they're just in a different country. Uh, we speak to them every day. Uh, Four hours away. <laughs> You're making out like he's in fucking Australia or something. Um, used to saw it before me because yeah. I was really intent on seeing it uh, in IMAX. So mm-hmm. I had to wait for a bit. And you were like, you were both like, eh, mm-hmm. we'd see you think, Gav, but we weren't hot on it. Why weren't you hot? I, on it? Right. So I would like to, re- I would like to rescind what you've just said. I was. It's not that I'm not hot on it. I, and to be honest, mid's probably not even the right word. I sat through it and I came out and I was like, fuck, yeah, that was really, really good. And then the longer I stewed on it, the more I kind of talked myself out of how much I liked it. So I came out calling it like, I never said it was a masterpiece. So I came out and I was like, like everyone that's calling that masterpiece, Nolan's greatest film, Oscar worthy. I was like, no, straight off the bat. But I did come out of it like I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think I came out of it giving it like a nine. Hmm. And I slowly talked myself down to like a seven half, right? Yeah. So still, in in the grand scope, still a good film. Something I enjoyed. Something I will recommend to people and did recommend to people. But I very, you know, yeah, like I said, I, I just slowly kind of brought me down. The reasons for that, personally, the way I see it, I thoroughly enjoyed the first two acts. I thought the, have we spoke about this yet? Not on mic or in person. We only spoke of a text text ever. So yeah. So what I liked about it was the first two acts I thought were fantastic. Oppenheimer's life before being becoming you know the bomb maker (laughs) the bomb man Um, and his and and the uh, creation of the the bomb brilliant the um, the explosion you know the kind of centerpiece of the movie yep I enjoyed that and then the beginning of the third act I was hooked and then the film slows down I, it puts the brakes on and it grinds to a halt and becomes this like slow, uh, right, we're now going to be talking about this court case, which Oppenheimer's losing his, and and when you, when describing it to people, you'd be like, oh, fuck, what's he losing? Is like, is, yeah. he, is he getting deported? Is he is he getting sent to like a, a work camp? No, security clearance. Yeah. 
What? Yeah, he's just losing his security clearance. He won't be able to work uh, at the very top levels of the government anymore. And that's it. Yeah, he can still teach. He can still live his life. <sighs> like, it's a weird... As it's a odd. weird thing to linchpin and finish the movie on, right? Um, the performances in the third act are f- stellar. This is the thing. It's, it's, a, it's a stellar third act. It's just a bad third act for me to the first two. A quick aside when it comes to third act. If Emily Blunt... Uh, she should win every single award mm. for that single scene in the third act. She's just calling everyone out. She just destroys <laughs> the people in that courtroom and she breaks. Like, I love Emily Blunt and she's great in a lot yeah. of movies. And in this movie, she's great. But then she just goes, Do you know what? I'm going to take it up to another level for this scene and just wipe the floor with everyone yeah, else. She's a- she is incredible. And it, and it's one great performance surrounded by great, great performances. Killian Murphy smashes it. Downey Jr. smashes yeah. it. Um, Even down to the, the like the smaller ones, Jason Clark, who's in that yeah. um, court, like that kind of back room with him and stuff. You've got, Rami Malek randomly shows up for a wee bit. You've got um, your man who played Han Solo. Um, I can't. Alden Ehrenreich. Like he's great going off against Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. And then you've got um, one of the one of the brothers who worked on Uncut Gems and stuff. Like one of the Safety brothers. Mm. He's in there. Which Casey Affleck shows up for a scene. Matt Damon is great as yeah. this kind of like antagonistic. A lot but, of white men. A lot of white men. But you know that's. <laughs> That's what the time was. But get fucking Gary Oldman when Gary Oldman shows up and he's just like, yeah, yeah. get that little wimp out of here. I'm just like, oh, like it's just banging after great. banger of actor. So, and this is it. So, great performance, right? Great performance. Technically, very good, very well shot. Obviously, you can Nolan. hear all of the words that the actors say in this yeah, movie, it's, which is fucking fantastic for a Nolan movie. That's unique. So, like all of these things, I fucking loved the bomb. I fucking loved it. The silence that hits with them, the sound design, like. Everything about it is that score by Luba Granson. It screams Nolan, and for two acts in the movie, I was fucking sold. But two acts of a movie isn't the whole pie. Yeah. And it's once because I, the third act is an hour, and, and, each act yeah, is an hour. So yeah, and, and by the time I reached the end of the third act, I was like, cool. Well, that was three hours, two hours of which I loved, and a third hour which I felt was very long and, and drawn out. And my final criticism, and this is a this is a total preference thing. Bar one scene in the middle of the movie, no need for that to be an IMAX film. Well, zero. I remember we when we discussed this and we argued about this quite furiously. Um, <laughs> and by that, I mean you were like, well, I didn't really feel it. And I was like, yeah, it needed to be. And I shouted at you. I love the fact that it's an IMAX because, as you talked about, those performances in that movie by those actors are incredible. Mm-hmm. And Nolan was able to take the the greatest camera that we have for shooting cinema and put it on the most important aspect in my opinion of any movie ever which is the character yeah and he was able to get stuff nuances from those characters that was incredible for example when you've got kelly murphy sitting in that wee office in the back of that government building in an insignificant room and the camera is just there in front of him you can read so much of his face because his performance is giving so much the idea that IMAX should purely be for look at the big pretty scenery or look at the big cool explosion, mm-hmm. for me, I feel is reductive to that format of cinema. Because nah. cinema itself is everything. It's explosions, it's characters, it's story, it's the, the epic scenery. Totally that, agree. But, and I love... Gone. I sorry. I no, no, no. I love no, 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 that. Um, <laughs> you're like, don't apologize. It's fine. We'll go back to Americans in a second. Uh, I 
love that he is bold enough to like, do you know what? I'm going to take IMAX and I'm going to stick it in this tiny room and just shoot actors yeah. and be like, and you're going to see it and it's beautiful glory. And you should then go see it in IMAX like I did. And I thought it was completely worth it because when you have it on those actors and then it builds and it builds and the score builds and the sound design is just smacking you in the fucking face mm-hmm. and you can hear every single little bit of noise. And it's just like, you just feel like you're, swept up in this massive experience and i think making the imax only adds to that massive experience my my counterpoint to that is much like the frame frame rate dickheads which exist in the video game community Mm -hmm. so for anyone who doesn't know this a very very quick uh background on it the human eye can see about up to 60 frames per second um some argue that you can get a bit more. Some eyes probably can. Most and, and most people can probably see around the 60. But the brain itself kind of can't even compute those things. So most films are shot at 30 frames a second, and that's completely fine. It's the norm. Video game people are like, oh, I got my I got my monitor. And I'm one of these people. I'm going to be wrong. But like, I've got my monitor up to 240 frames a second. Scientifically, your eye and brain cannot perceive yeah, 240 irrelevant. frames a second. It's irrelevant. I passed a certain point. I personally feel that the IMAX is much the same. Like, I I don't disagree with everything you're saying. The performances are fantastic. Everything about it is fantastic. Technically, it's brilliant, and it does sweep you away when it's sweeping you away. But that IMAX camera, I would, I would argue that I had much the same response watching Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, monologue in Django Unchained, mm. which is a great, monolo- great villain monologue, and he's really emotive, and you can see every single thing going on in him, the eye flickers and all this kind of stuff. Was it on IMAX? didn't need to be on IMAX. True. <laughs> it's true. It's just, for me, I think when it comes to that known experience, yeah. why take a back step when he's like the one leading the charge for this format and doing things that... I no- know, but it, it feels like it's just Nolan doing the like, yep, yeah, I showed a whole film on IMAX that wasn't an action movie. I'm the first one to do that. Look at me, I'm a fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> That it just felt like that to me. Like, and I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I hear, totally I can hear the wankiness in my voice as I, <laughs> as I went along. I didn't say it. I, <laughs> I didn't say it. We're all thinking it. I got a bit <laughs> wanky there, but for me, uh, it's not my favorite movie of 2023. Yeah. But for a long time, it was. And then some other things came along that just kind of knocked it out of the park and differently. But regardless of all that, circling those last two films, Barbie and Oppenheimer, I love the fact that. Two of the biggest, and in some people's minds, the best movies of 2023. One was a, a movie about a doll from the 50s. <laughs> and the other one was about the guy who changed the universe forever, mm. as we know it. And it's just like, that's insane for 2023 yeah. that it wasn't an Avengers movie or it was never going to be a DC movie. Let's not pretend. It wasn't a <laughs> Pixar movie. It wasn't something it wasn't Disney. Disney. It wasn't something big and ex- silly and explosive and... It was two movies that made you think in different ways, presented those ways to think in different ways, and presented stuff that was, in a way, standalone and unique and different. And I love that, because the last few years has been fucking grim when it comes to the movie options we've been getting because it's just been we've been we've been recovering from the covid times and we've been re- recovering from the post the avengers endgame world where now it's no longer oh black panther's out or thor mm. love and thunder no thor ragnarok's out that's going to be the big movie of the year like no now it's like 
People want something different. Yeah. That's something that no one's offering or something Greta Gerwig's offering. And I love that. And That's hopefully exciting. more directors in the, in oh, the yeah. upcoming future, you know. Uh, no, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. Next movie. Yeah, let's move it on. Let's get uh, this train rolling. I would like to talk about one of the worst movies I saw of 2023. So let's let's get a bit. Change pace. Let's get a change of pace, get negative. Uh, and it is a Disney movie. It is Indiana Jones oh. and the Dial of Destiny. What this was, was one the of point? one of the worst movies I saw in 2023 for a multitude of reasons. But the number one reason is I rewatched all the movies beforehand because mm-hmm. they came out in Disney Plus, and I three of those movies I absolutely love. The fourth one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and nah, you, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, Crystal Skull. Temple of Doom. No, no well, the rankings. Three, temp- three loved plus, Temple, Temple, of plus is, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is number one. <laughs> Temple of Doom is number one. But I watched this movie and I also watched them with my girlfriend at the same time. And we just kind of really got into the, it was just the joy of watching those. And even when we got to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the, the first act of that movie is great. And it feels like a raucous, fun, exciting Indiana Jones movie. It loses its way and it's stupid and it's dumb. But there's things you can take. It loses its way, it. stupid and dumb. I, and I've said this a hundred times, different episodes, I still think Crystal Skull, like, don't get me wrong, it's not a great film by any stretch of the imagination. I do think it's a fine, like, I think it got a shit ton of hate. I actually think it holds its own in the grand scheme of things. I mean, the thing I'll say is when me, when me and my partner watched it, my girlfriend, is we were laughing, sure we're laughing at the movie at points because there's bad points. Yeah. When Shia LaBeouf gets wanked off by a tree in the woods, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. But it's funny, and we're sitting there pissing ourselves laughing, yeah. having a wee drink, having a laugh. Then I went to see with McGovern, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Just say partner. I'm getting sick of this. No, it's funny. Um, <laughs> she loves it, and I love it too. Uh, she doesn't. Um, <laughs> is I was, I really wanted to like this movie, yeah. and I went into it hopeful, because I like the director, uh, and even though they were doing the kind of visual face take back in time mm-hmm. thing, what's that called? Why did I say it like the, that? Uh, the the aging, the aging stuff. I was like, so I'm going to give it a go. I love Phoebe Waller Bridges, so I'm excited to see her. I love Mads Mikkelsen. The Nazis are back. It's just going to be a fun old like romp. And then it was the most miserable, depressing, mm. sad old man farts himself to death movie I watched all year. And I came out of that movie genuinely feeling down and miserable because I was like. That's how we're ending this. Just a sad, dour, pathetic, miserable old man just being like, I'd rather just die because there's no point in living anymore. But and then like, Marion Ravenwood comes back at the end. Yeah, and then she wanders in and makes him a sandwich or something. You're just like, oh, so the patriarchy still wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely 100% with you. I went to see that film. The, the de-aged indie stuff on the train, best Indiana Jones you've had in years. I, I'll say it. I, I thought the, the de-aged indie stuff was good. It, it holds together. It feels like Indiana Jones. I kind of wish they just got on I reckon. To like right. just do that. Um, and it's, it, it, it exists. It was good. And then the film goes completely off the rails and it, and I'm with you. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Um, I like a lot of the actors in it. Mads Milkerson, obviously is fantastic. Boyd Holbrook's in there. He's good. So many Toby good Jones. performances, so many like decent actors. And it's just like one, the Nazis are back. Don't need to be two. Like, like, Make the fucking CIA the villains. Yeah. Like, would have been such an interesting take, right? But no, yeah. got to bring the Nazis back, Nazi, right? Cool. Halfway through the film, I was like, what the fuck is, like, what is the, what is everyone's goal in this movie? Because that gets, compl- like, the thread gets lost in the middle. I, so, 
Oh, Christ, I'm doing that thing where I'm go, getting annoyed. Go, <laughs> do it. Unleash. Well, the film, all right, so the film starts, they're looking for the Dial of Destiny. That's clear. The middle section loses it completely. I lost it there. I didn't have a fucking clue. All the way up until like third act, middle third act, when they're on the plane, I think, before oh, yeah. before Mads Mikkelsen's like, yeah, I'm going to use the Dial of Destiny to travel through time. Um, I think it kind of like hints at that, but it never goes full hog. And then he finally says, that's what the plan is. And I was just like, what the fuck? This is a me- like this is a confusing mess. None of the Nazis get their comeuppance, which is like a big Indiana Jones thing. Yeah, they just kind of like, the, what, the plane crashes and blows up. Well, and then one of them dies because he gets swept away, but you never see the, like, you never see the... the yeah, there's the, no... The gory no death. face getting melted off. Yeah, right. like, so none of the Nazis really get their comeuppance. Indiana Jones is, is living out his last one, and then he's like, I'm just going to live in ancient Rome. This is where I'm going to... I'm going to... I choose to die here. And the Phoebe Waller-Bridge is who I haven't even spoke about because she's a great actor, but the character is just so unlikable. Deeply, so unlikable. Deeply unlikable. And it's because, and I don't know if it's the writing. I, no, I do know because it is the writing because Phoebe's acting is fantastic. And maybe that's kind of the problem. She acts it so well. The, <laughs> the character is this like, never quite good, never quite bad, a roguish Aladdin type. Actually, yeah. I think Aladdin's probably the best way to explain yeah. it. She's, you know, a, a, a diamond in the rough, a heart of gold, but doesn't mind stealing from you to get what she wants. It has to be taught the meaning of friendship throughout the course of the film. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. And then she's got her own short round. Dog shit. That just disappears. Total dog shit. Just leaves the film. So rubbish. The worst. Like, he looks like... um. Matt and Gattarazzo from Stranger Things. I'm just going to nod and say yes. I don't know what you just said. Dustin but... from Stranger Things. The okay, yeah. Looks like him, except shit. And like he like a what... Wish.com version of <laughs> Dustin from Stranger Things. Who falls in a river and leaves the movie. Like, <laughs> crap. So he annoys the fuck out of me. Um, like, like it's, it's like they picked all of the things that every... All right, here's, here's, actually, here's what it was. Star Wars Rise of the Jedi, Last Walk... Last Guy... No, Rise of the Jedi... What? The last Star Wars film, the oh, shit one. Rise of Skywalker? Ri- Rise of Skywalker, thank you. They did that. They were like, we're going to give all the Star Wars fans what they want. Holy fuck, it blew up in our faces? What? So then they were like, right, we're going to do it with Indiana Jones. We're going to do it right. So we're going to give the fans everything they wanted, right? What did they want? They wanted short round, bring a short round back. They wanted no new Indiana Jones, kill off Shia LaBeouf. So it's like they gave the fans everything they wanted, but unlike the Star Wars way where they did it and they pandered and it became this like... This is so shit because everyone got what they wanted, but actually what they wanted was dumb. They gave the fans what they wanted, and what the fans wanted was arguably correct, because that's kind of what I wanted from Indiana Jones, but then just did it the shittest way possible instead. <laughs> like It's like, it's the two... Uh, it's it's a movie that, uh, for some reason, and I, I hate that this seems to be a trend that we're leaning, leaning into, is let's just really dive down into the misery of the character now. Yeah. Let's just show that like, do you know what? They're you know, they're older now and they're slower and things aren't that good. And maybe the ending for the hero that the, of the movies that you loved when you were young, their story isn't going to be that good anymore. And you're like, but why? Why yeah. can't we just have a fun summer blockbuster adventure movie where a 90 or sorry, 80 year old man can still just kind of kick ass in a way and have fun. Why it would be to- more interesting than what we got. Indiana Jones cracks his whip once, drives two cars, solves three clues with the help of Phoebe Waller-Bridges. He feels irrelevant in the movie. He really does. Like he really she does, does everything and he's two steps behind everyone else. Yeah. And he just 
whimpers, complains, farts himself to death, and then he's like, I'm just going to die here in the past. And I was like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> like, the moment where they're in the plane, and they're like, oh, the tectonic plates are wherever I don't... I thought, here's what I thought they were going to do at that point. I thought they were going to go back out. I think we spoke about this yeah. one, like, didn't we? I thought they were going to come out of the portal, and like the wormhole, and just be floating in space. And I was like, that's good. Something mental. That's crazy. That's fucking awesome, though. Like, it would have been fun. I actually, like, if they had just a six-second scene where they were in the plane, and the plane was in the vacuum of space, and they were like, holy shit, we fucked up. And then or had even- this, like, panicked fucking do the dial of destiny again fix it fix it you know what i mean like find the next one we and, and although it makes no sense in the grand scheme of things because a plane's not fucking airtight and there's yeah. no jet like just i don't know somehow they'd like then maneuvered this ancient world war Two plane into a new wormhole i'd have been like yeah cool that's dumb but, but interesting i mean you know what take that what you said and expand that do you know what they could have done in the movie made it fun yeah fun. they could have fun just was made it fun because it's like the scene when they're on the boat with antonio banderas mm. and they're doing the diving and stuff but fell asleep i'm like so what are we doing we're gonna dive down there and we're gonna get the thing okay well obviously there's gonna be some like issues and they're gonna run into yep. problems so they dive down there's a couple of eels they deal with the eels they swim back up one guy dies Sure, a, a nameless guy dies. A red shirt. And then they get and back up It to is the, funny because he's the most obvious red shirt in his. Yeah. Because they turn up to the boat, Antonio Banderas is like, as I said in the last episode, Indy! Indy. And they, pull, they do the classic like, oh, Indiana Jones knows this old other guy from another adventure that you've never seen. And he's like, we need to go down to the ship and find the treasure. I send with you this man. And it's like, who's <laughs> he's this? my most trusted man. <laughs> it's like, who's this guy? We don't do names. <laughs> you, you'll see why. <laughs> Like, if it was Antonio Banderas, I would have been at least like, okay, yeah, cool, exactly. fuck, well, now they're stakes. But the moment they were like, he's going down with you, I was like, that guy's dead. Yeah, they, they both go down, run into pretty much no issues, except a couple of eels, come back up. Then they're like, oh, the bad guys have got us. How are we going to get out of it? It's going to blow up the boat and run away. All right, cool, I guess we're done with that now. What are we doing next? Oh, we've got the next thing. We're just oh. going to wander through. And there's I no go, fun. I go back to my original, my my statement from the last time we talked about it. And we should move on because we've already done a whole episode yeah. of this. But uh, they should have just serialized Indiana Jones the same way they did James Bond back in the 80s. And fine, you can argue and you can get annoyed and you can tell me, but Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. They shouldn't have made any more films. Agreed. Hard agree, but they did make more films. And if they were going to do that, they should have just gone, Harrison Ford's done. He's the OG Indiana Jones, much like Sean Connery is believed to be the OG James Bond. Yeah. And then just every couple of years, it churned out a new Indiana Jones like series. Always time stamped for the 50s, 60s, maybe after 20 years, bump it up 10 years. You know what I mean? There was no reason that it had to be I think- locked in. And now, now what we have is, as Gavin said, an aging old Harrison Ford with an Indiana Jones who cracks his whip one time and then complains about his sciatica. And it's miserable. What is that? It would be the equivalent of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film coming out. And then they're being like, we know their drawings, but we've aged them appropriately. Um, so now uh, these are just old men. Now they're in their mid forties. They're worried about the mortgage. Uh, and one of them doesn't eat pizza anymore because he's <laughs> lactose intolerant. And you're like, <laughs> Cool, this sounds so much fun. Oh, and they don't do Leonardo, karate. Leonardo's gluten-free as well. <laughs> and they don't do karate because it's cultural appropriation. So we don't do any of that anymore. They're just turtles. They're, They're just like, turtles. Cool. They're middle-aged 
Turtles. Michelangelo is one of those lactose intolerant guys who uh, eats, he, but and he knows he shouldn't eat the cheese, but he does it anyway and because he loves it, and he gets the shits. So there's an entire ten minute scene in the movie where Le- uh, Michelangelo just has the shits because he ate a cheese pizza. Is this what you wanted? Because because he they aged appropriately for the for the character. I know this is terrible, but I kind of want to make that <laughs> like, just like a one off like thing. What? Speaking of what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Oh, the the one that was animated style similar to like Mutant Mayhem um, across the Spider Verse. Uh, no, yes and no. They picked an animation style which was unique, and then they went with it. And mm. I'm for that. Um, what did you see it? I didn't see it. No. Good, I, good, solid film. Decent animation. It is the equivalent uh, of Spider Verse to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would say my biggest gripe biggest gripe with the whole film is that they went down the route of the rick and morty side character yeah um, route which is uh, if you ever watch an episode of rick and morty you've obviously got the main characters who will look relatively normal within the confines of the, the cartoon universe but anytime they need like a, a random school kid they draw them with like a misshapen head and they look ugly as shit every side character in teenage mutant ninja turtles is the worst looking fucker I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. And I don't know. So all the animals look kind of like weird. To make the turtles look normal. But the but they really do. The t- like If I was in that universe, I would rather shack up with any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles than some of the other side characters in that film because they are that gross looking. Uh, outside that, solid, uh, solid, solid story. It's fun. It's an energetic. It's um, It's got a great soundtrack. The I love the fact they made the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles actual teenagers for yeah. like the first time in years. I think years. they got actual teenage kids and actual, in. Yeah, young yeah. people in to like voice them. Um, it's just good. It's There's one scene when they're trying to like, they've just met April or maybe a little bit later, but April's on the scene and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are just trying to impress her because they're all like, holy shit, she's a human, but she's not trying to murder us. Um, and they obviously just let the kids riff in the sound booths mm-hmm. so they all start like rapping and doing like they're just acting like kids and it's fucking perfect it's just such a great little moment it also calls back like plenty of uh teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles shit but one of the best gags in the whole thing is everyone who's ever complained like wait how come the teenage Mutant ninja turtles are teenagers and the rat splinter's an old man because they all get hit by the goo at the same time so uh, jackie chan splinter's like oh when we got hit by the goo I was a 25-year-old rat, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were baby turtles. So when we got hit by the goo, now it's 18 years later, I'm a 43-year-old rat, and they are 15-year-old turtles. It makes perfect sense. I don't know why anyone's ever had a problem with it. Do they he, still, like basically winks at the screen. It's great. Do they still do the um, origin story for the rat that he learned karate from watching his master do karate? No, I think in this one he learned it from, like... Um, Bob Ross, not Bob Ross. Who's the who's he's the, learned to paint from from the VHS like karate tapes? Okay, so he because I just remember that from the live action, like the first live action movie, where just like oh, you know karate. It's like yeah, my master yeah, he did yeah. karate, so I just stood in my cage near his dojo and copied his moves, and that's how I learned. And I'm like, is that how the rat learned karate? I mean, is that, is that what we're doing? Okay. Yeah, no, this one I'm pretty sure he gets he gets like the 80s VHS tapes that are like teach yourself karate. Uh, next. On this list, I'm just going to rattle off a couple, but I'm not going to tell the people all of the movies because I've got a top 10 list here, but I'm actually going to do the full top 10 list on TikTok 
So make Ooh. sure you go over to TikTok, Ooh. search for the Meandering Movie Podcast and give us a follow over there where I'll be doing my full top 10. We're going to get zero followers for that. I can't wait. But two movies, three, two. Two movies I really want to just uh, talk about. Uh, the first movie is Megan. It was the first movie I saw in 2023. You mean M. Thregan? Yes, I meant M. Thregan, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so embarrassed that I got that wrong. Uh, yeah, M. Thegan, yep. I saw, first movie I saw last year, I saw it with um, our darling heartfelt audio boy. Uh, we hope you are well in heaven. Uh, and my beautiful good uh, And it was one of my favorite experiences in the cinema because I can't remember the last time I cried with laughter that much watching yeah. a movie. Pain. The scene in which uh, the little girl's in bed, she's uh, getting ready to go to sleep. And the doll is just singing, um, is it a Rihanna song? Like Diamonds in the Sky or something? I can't. It's not Diamonds. I know. It was a TikTok song. It was a huge TikTok yeah, song at the she's, time. She's just singing a song, but she's got this deadpan doll face. And this is like an hour and so into the movie. That's, that was the big, that was one of the big scenes that was getting touted. Like, oh, you got to go see this movie because she has a TikTok dance. And it happens so late into the film. It's, oh, no, it's, the, it's, so the TikTok dance is at the end, but this is when she just, oh, what are you talking about? She's just singing a lullaby. Oh shit! No, it might be diamonds in the sky. Then you're right. It's uh, something weird. No, I know what you're talking about now. But she's, yeah, she's just singing the lullaby, yeah, and yeah, yeah. audio like girlfriend sitting to the left of me, and an audio boy was sitting to the left of her. And audio boy started laughing, and then the <laughs> the madness of what we were watching really started to settle into my head, and I just I just broke, and I started laughing. And I couldn't stop laughing for so long. I started crying with laughter. There was snort coming out of my nose. And my girlfriend's looking at me and then she's laughing because I'm laughing so hard and I'm wheezing and I'm trying to hold it in because I just broke. The movie just breaks you. It's and it an insane film. It happened multiple times where I would just be looking at the movie that I'm watching. My brain couldn't comprehend what it was looking at because it was so mad. And then I would just piss myself with laughter. <laughs> if you've not seen M. Thegan or Megan, if you're a, a loser, M. M. you absolutely should watch M. Thegan slash Megan. Great movie from last year. It was, is it? It's our boy James Malignant, right? Uh, James Wan produced it, yeah. This is a James Wan number. What? I don't know what he... What's he doing? I, mean, I, also, <laughs> I, I saw his Aquaman movie, so I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Uh, the other movie I want to talk about, because uh, it just needs some love behind mm-hmm. it, because it didn't really get seen because of two movies we talked about earlier, Barbie and Oppenheimer, which is Mission Impossible 4. Seven, <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One. Yeah, uh, which that, you you loved. You you. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I think they're great. I still think Mission Impossible Fallout is one of the greatest action movies ever made. Yep. I've watched that movie every year since it came out because it never fails. And Dead Reckoning Part One, which is no longer going to be a Part One because they're changing the names because <laughs> this movie got absolutely trounced or. Uh, bounced out of the cinema by Barbie and Oppenheimer because it was shot in IMAX, it was released in IMAX, but it was only in IMAX for five days and then Oppenheimer came out and took over all the screens. And so no <laughs> one went to see this movie and it's a damn shame because it's a fucking great action movie. Yeah, Tom Cruise knows how to make great action movies. More people need to go see this movie wherever you can, support this movie. I don't want them to not make more Mission Impossible movies. For, for real though, that he needs to stop doing his own stunts. No, he needs to keep doing his own stuff. No, stunts. that's crazy. He's going to hurt himself. I don't, then there's going to be no more Mission Impossible films. Is that what you want? 
if that's how he goes out, that's how I want him to go out. You know, <laughs> like I'm fine with that. I don't want any more Fast and Furious movies. Those are the dearth of fucking action cinema because they're not action. It's just people on sound stages with Vin Diesel going, bruh, bruh, bruh. shut up, Vin. Don't like you. Take your movies away. I want more Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. Train scenes, the mad stories, the characters. There's a scene in an airport in Dubai with a bomb that's like, how are you making this the most intense scene ever? Where you're just walking around an airport or a train station. It's so good. Go see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. It's not in the cinema, but watch it somewhere. And it needs more love. Gary, what do you got for us? Um, Super Mario movie. Yes, I finally saw that as well. And you were not a fan, am I right? Um, I think... Let's get your negative take before I come in. Yeah, before you come in positively. Illumination Studios, who did the the Despicable Me movies, and they did Sing. They're about to do one about birds that are flying somewhere. I don't Migration. know. Migration. Migration, thank you. Uh, the Grinch movie, another one they did. Uh, they are um, how animation almost died in cinema. <laughs> they are the cause for animation dying, in my opinion. They are awful at what they do. They do lowest common denominator bullshit. Nothing inventive, nothing funny, nothing creative. They just do a fart joke. Banana. Banana. T-Rex eats the minion. They all go, banana. Isn't that funny? No, it's not funny. Stop doing it. And Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers movie is just plays it safe. Nothing funny. Absolutely shit. <laughs> I like... I, I I don't think that is a real scene, but but it absolutely could be. Like it could be a scene of minion banana. It could be a movie. Um, Ma- yeah, like for <laughs> the Mario movie, you're right. Plays it so safe, especially considering it is Illumination, and they it, they. What's nice is they could have done it so fucking wrong, right? So when I heard Illumination was the guy, was the studio that was doing the Mario movie. Well, that's the thing. Illumination is just one man animating everything. My I my heart <laughs> sank. I I kind of was like, holy shit, this is gonna be bad. Came out. I watched it. It's it's mid. It is mid, right? It's a it's an, an I I'm a big gamer. I'm a big Mario fan. As a 31-year-old man sitting in the cinema watching it, I had a fucking huge grin on my face. We're both 31? I, at the time, I was 31. I'm 32 now. Oh, okay. That's how time works, Gav. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't clock that in my brain. <laughs> um, I sat there with a huge grin on my face, and then the, the movie ended, and I came out, and I was like, wow, that was fun. And it is, right? For all intents and purposes, everything it does is fun. Um, but but much like Gav said about the Barbie movie, when the more you think about the, the the Mario movie, the more it just starts crumbling. Mario's entire character arc, start to finish, is I don't like eating mushrooms. And you know what he learns at the end of the film? He needs to eat mushrooms. He can eat mushrooms. Think about it. There's no there's no That's more it. there's no more growth. He at the beginning of the film cares about Luigi. Will fight to the death for Luigi. He always tries his best. He always gives it his all. He's not lazy. He's not cowardly. You know what I mean? Like he, he has no, and it's because he's Mario. Nintendo, there's no way Nintendo would have ever been like, They're oh. not, not going to give him a flaw. You can't give Mario a flaw. So he has no growth other than, I don't know, like mushrooms on my spaghetti to, I'm going to eat this mushroom because I get big. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's an arc. I didn't realize that Oppenheimer and Mario were on the same level for low stakes. You know? <laughs> He'll get his security pass taken away. He has to eat a mushroom. Oh my God. 
arguably, <laughs> arguably the stakes are higher in Mario than they yeah. ever were in Oppenheimer. Um, but yeah, like, so yeah, there That's are kind more. of the situation for every character, though, but it's like, whether it's Luigi, Peach, um, uh, what's Bowser, like. Well, like, Luigi at least learns to, like, be less cowardly. But he, the way he learns that is he spends most of the movie in a cage that forgets about him, even though it's <laughs> yeah. the, the Super Mario Bros. movie. And then... And then Peach, co- Peach is fighting the resistance. Weirdly, of all the characters, Peach gets the most fleshed... Well, Mario and Luigi get fleshed out, but like they get fleshed out with the most boring... They're actually from the the fake New York, and then they eat spaghetti and they're plumbers, and then they go... Which is all like, I, fine, it's all technically yeah. official. But fucking, who cares, man? <laughs> like, who cares? Who cares that Mario and Luigi come from the Bronx and want to save the Bronx and then live in the Mushroom Kingdom now? Yeah, wh- Peach's yeah. whole story is she got dropped. She went through a pipe and now she when she was a kid, when yeah. she's a baby, and now she's the fucking like, leader of the Mushroom Kingdom. What's for, her name from Bioshock Infinite? Um, and it's kind of like okay, I guess, but I mean that's at least got the the legs to go somewhere very interesting. Which you know, it's there's so much sequel bait in this movie as well. That's the other. It thing is there. very like. Get ready for the next one, yeah. Because we didn't do anything in this one. You're like, yeah. but look, why? Like, I would say the best part. Of I the think whole it, movie, it's just planted. Say it just played it as it went as middle of the road as possible. They knew it was going to make a shit ton of money, but they. I think, like you said, one Nintendo. Well, like I said, Nintendo wouldn't have let them go off book. Off book. So it had to be like Nintendo stamp approved, and then Illumination, who were like, this is. The illumination. The moment Nintendo walked through Illumination's doors, Illumination's eyes would have turned into fucking big dollar signs and started yeah. spinning around their head. Illumination, like, cool. Well, we we play it however Nintendo fucking want to play. We 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 do this by the book. We make sure it's going to make a shit ton of money. We make sure it's not even if it's not touted as a masterpiece. It's not garbage. We'll get another one. We'll get another fucking few billion through. Yeah, I guess what it's like is. Nintendo walked up to Illumination with a bike and it went, sit on the bike, Illumination. Mm. And they went, okay. And they're like, cool, so can I go anywhere? And they went, oh, no, no, we'll be right, we'll be pushing you on the bike wherever you go with our stabilizers. You're not, take your feet off the pedal. That's pointless. Actually, you know what? I'm going to come around the front. I'm going to tie a string. Yeah. I'll pull you on the And string. I'll pull you along. Take your hands off the handlebars. <laughs> take your feet off the pedals. We'll do everything. Yep. We'll say yes. We'll say no. We just need you to animate. Just draw the picture. Draw, draw, draw the little silly picture that moves. There you good on you. Yeah. So yeah. So like I yeah I enjoyed it. It's it's fun. It is a fun film. Jack Black as Bowser steals the show. Jack Black as Bowser absolutely the best part. The of song's movie. great. The song Peaches is fantastic. his his character has genuinely funny moments. Anytime I went <laughs> was with Bowser. Yeah. It's yeah. I I'm I want to I want to it's an interesting one right I I think I'm 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 developing this new system of how good a movie is by how much I want to rewatch it yeah I think this is going to be my new metric going forwards how much do I run or rewatch a movie is how highly I rank it right and as much as I enjoyed Mario I was sitting on the plane back from America and it was there and I could have watched it granted that's the fucking worst way to watch it but then also to fall asleep through on a twelve hour plane you gotta do it you gotta do could have been a good one right. And I was looking at the screen and I was like, do I really, do I want to watch this film again? And I went, nah. And I flicked past it and I watched The Mummy. Yeah. Weirdly, I watched The Mummy for How fucking good is The Mummy? The Mummy never messes. I know, I, I know it's a running gag on this fucking podcast that we talk about The Mummy far too much, but I rewatched it on that plane from America. And I, me and Hannah like synced up our screens and watched it at the same time. And I was like, 
This film fucking rips. It's so fucking good. The Mummy and The Mummy Returns are those movies that if they're on somewhere and you put it on, you stop and watch. Yeah. Regardless of it's if there's 20 minutes and left. And it's long. It's two hours something. I forgot how long the first Mummy is. Big movie. But it's, but it's two hours of just fucking great storytelling. It's what Indiana Jones 5 should have been. <laughs> just like, <laughs> hey, here's a fun set piece with great character interaction. Another one. And another one. And another one. Hey, when, we've all had fun in the When you were like, is this Across the Spider-Man your favorite friend? I was like, oh, was it? And I was thinking about it just there. I was going to make the joke. Like, the best film I watched all year was The Mummy. <laughs> but I thought that would piss you off. So I, I've got to, I actually have a, I, okay. I was looking through the list of movies that I did watch this year and I, I've picked my favorite film so i'll save it for the end i'm gonna finish off uh with one more worst and then we can do our best you have Go for it yeah, yeah. if you've got any more we can throw them in um, um real quick the real I'll go, i'm gonna rattle through a couple of ones that were kind of i would say big names for the year that either did well keep in mind you shit. can put up on the, the meandering movie podcast tiktok your your full list if you want that is true i um, i might do but just because you know our listeners want this I'm going to give it to him. So Renfield, which I thought was a big film. It was kind of getting touted as like, it's going to be a fucking great one. It had Nicholas Holt. It had Nicholas Aqua, Cage. Uh, not Aqua, Aquafina. Aquafina. Yeah. Aquafina. Yeah. yeah. Aquafina. Aquafina. yeah. Had Aquafina, had Nicholas Cage, like big names I was buzzing for. Ben it came Schwartz. out and it was fine. It was fun, um, yeah. but it definitely did not hit the highs that it was getting. It's one of those movies. For. And I've said this many times before, because I hate saying this. It's a movie that, you wait for it to come to streaming. You didn't yeah. need to rush to the cinema. Absolutely. Um, the Evil Dead Rise, which was another big one this year, I, I thought was kind of getting... Did you not? No. Good. Really good. Um, the the rebooted re- Evil Dead movies, which are kind of like slowly tying into the old ones, but are, yeah. they, are their building own like a universe. Thing. It's weird. But I that's two for two that I'm like, I fucking love these. They are both playing it fairly straight as horrors with comedy laced throughout. Mm. But... I'm looking forward to the next Evil Dead. I cannot wait for it. I'm thinking it's going to be good. Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which again was another big film that was kind of being, especially because Dungeons and Dragons is fucking huge at the moment. Yeah, came out. It fit. It. I. I think it fit what it wanted to do perfectly. It fit the family friendly, mummy esque yeah. Indiana Jones action adventure movie, action adventure, and I think it fucking nailed it. I, I thought loved it was it. fun. It was. It was a laugh. It didn't lean too heavily into the really geeky Dungeons and Dragons shit. But if you're a Dungeons and Dragons yeah. player, there's fucking hundreds in there that you're going to be like, it gives you that's fucking amazing. Just enough. And then it fills it with really fun action to watch. Great ensemble cast, have great chemistry and genuinely funny laughs. Yeah. The scene where Chris Pine's face turns into mush. Oh, and the, the illusions Yeah, the illusion down. starts to break. That's fucking hilarious. Pest your pants funny. That movie is a good laugh and I hope they get another. It is great. Uh, and then the last one I want to, re- I just want to, shout out um talk to me which talk to me is as, great as far as horror films go and i'm so sorry if i've just said anything that was no 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 you've not cool. said, no. talk to me like blew the lid off of what makes a fucking good horror film so evil dead rise came out and i love i love evil dead and it kind of it gets the gravitas of like it's an evil dead film so it's kind of already propped up talk to me which came out of left field it's an australian made film First time directors. The First time directors. Like I think for the I think for the vast majority of, of us here in the UK and probably America, like you know the the Western, um, what like are, must have been brand new actors. Like I don't I didn't recognize. Yeah, I don't think I'd seen anyone in it. So like, it, but it just it just yeah, like came out of nowhere, total left field, and was just genuinely scary, genuinely scary, genuinely interesting. Such a cool concept. Such a good concept. Shot fucking brilliantly well tells like it's not a cautionary tale really it's it doesn't do you know the kind of those classic horror things of like and actually we're talking about premarital sex 
Um, it just is like, yeah, the- ghosts are real. Uh, the kids are fucking around with his hand they shouldn't be fucking around with. They fuck around with it a bit too much. And now this one malevolent demon uh, is is tricking a woman into... Doing terrible things. Doing, getting, yeah, like like letting her into her life. Ah, ah, ah. The theme of the movie is like, I think, young people and drugs and alcohol and how it can destroy their lives. Oh, so it does have a message. I'm just dumb as fuck, folks. Like, <laughs> I I just watched it like a ghost movie, and it was a great like it's but a great ghost the, film. That's the thing you can completely bypass that theme and that message, yeah, yeah and yeah. just get a really really fucking good horror movie with a great idea behind it. That I remember, like the body horror stuff with the little kids freaks you the fuck out. The stuff when they like to touch the hand, and you get the different ghosts. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself now because I'm like, oh yeah, because it. I, I when I was watching the film, I was like, that's weird how this hand is giving them like like the biggest MDMA hit. But yeah, if it's a drug, that makes sense. The ghost, the ghost, the me- the metaphor gets a bit mushy when you take the fact that she's getting haunted. But I'll I'll accept it. Like you take the idea of just like going to, to going to a gaff, you know, and you yeah, have exactly a, you get a wee bag in. And then it kind of consumes you for a while and you fall down a slippery slope and Yeah, but you still up, don't get haunted by a malevolent ghost. You end up killing yourself. Ghost places, you know? But you don't get haunted by a malevolent ghost. I mean, I've been haunted by a lot of things <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Drugs and alcohol, for example. Guys, the Meandering Movie Podcast would like to put you off doing MDMA because you might get haunted by a malevolent ghost. Have a, have a wee juice and eat a burger, you know? <laughs> juice and a burger. Uh, go on, Gav. What are your, great So they, they were my, on my, big sh- my, 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 my quick mentions. Uh, yeah, the rest of my quick mentions, one again, once again, will be on our TikTok, but I'm going to finish out with my absolute worst movie of 2023 and then my absolute favourite movie of 2023. Uh-huh. I don't think you saw my absolute worst, so I'm just going to blast through it. My absolute worst movie was Exorcist Believer. It's uh, the guy... I did, who, I did not see this. It's directed by David Gordon Green, who did those recent that recent Halloween trilogy, yep. uh, which were fucking terrible. And so they were like, hey, let's give that guy who did fucking terribly with the Halloween movies, let's give him one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Let's give him The Exorcist. So this is a a sequel to the first movie, and yep. it, it negates all the other ones, kind of similar to what well, David Gordon did with Halloween. And it's, it's levels of dumb and insulting <laughs> that I couldn't even begin to comprehend. Like, I rewatched The Exorcist before seeing it. Yeah. Uh, First mistake. Went in with high, true, high hopes and high true. stakes. But it was Halloween time, so I was like, got to do it. Yep. And it only cemented that it is one of the greatest horror movies ever made. The way it uses religion and scientific belief to try and figure out uh, what is wrong with this girl through the lens of a scared mother. Yep. Genius. The sound design, the body horror, uh, the stuff they did on that set <laughs> would never fly today in any movie set. <laughs> But when it comes to Exodus Believer, this movie was like, let's not try to do any of that in any compelling or meaningful or interesting way. The fart you just did there, Gary, is exactly how I feel about this movie. (laughs) For example, you get the dad, his daughter and her friend go missing. Oh, God, it's a pongy one as well. That would be those meat-free refrigerators you had. (laughs) Stop farting. (laughs) So the, the daughters go missing. Uh, and then when they come back, they're of course infected with the demon Pesazu. Uh, and then, so the father is not religious, but the other girls, her parents are religious. Mm-hmm. And there's like 
oh, how are we dealing with this? Because both the girls are having issues. Yeah. And they're thinking it's a religious thing, and he doesn't think it's a religious thing. He's like, this religion thing's dumb. Yeah. He <clears throat> then gets in the car. He drives to meet the, the mother from the original exorcist, and she goes, yeah, this happened to my daughter. And no break whatsoever. He goes... Okay, so yeah, this is a demon god thing. And you're like, oh, cool. He just he just needed one crazy person. He needed one lady who wrote one <laughs> book to say, yeah, this happened to me. And he flips his entire worldview around, drives back and goes, yeah, cool. So this is demons and God. Let's get the exorcists exorcist out here and sort this out. And you're like, how interesting what? that that is not the same plot, but a very similar plot to M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. It's weird, right? Because knock at the cabin, like the whole one of the big things in it is one of them's religious, and he's like, "I think this is, I think this is genuine." And the other guy's like, "It's fucking not. They're just crazy psychos." Like, and incredibly, uh, M Night Shyamalan, an experienced director, but one we've talked about in the past. You can check that episode. A, not a great director. Still did a better job than David Gordon Green, who just <laughs> just shat the bed, and then and then he just did an exorcism scene where at one point a lady fights an ash cloud and it's just like what are we doing and all the different religions yeah. come in so it's not just catholicism this oh thing. really so we the- make sure we get all the religions in and they stand in a circle and they're like fighting off the stuff it's like ah it's oh, so, so dumb so pazuzu's so evil he's like, Pazazu's so evil he he's he's transcended the One, confines of catholicism yeah, to fight all religion <laughs> Uh, and then one of the funniest scenes in the whole world, there's a priest and he's like, I will not take part in this exorcism. Mm-hmm. I cannot do it. It's against what I believe mm-hmm. to do. And he sits outside in the car praying. And at one point the dad's like, yeah, you sit out here and do nothing like your religion. And then later on the guy comes in. Like in a, oh, there's also an Avengers team up moment where all the religions <laughs> in the Catholic church come together. And there's a shot where you're like, oh, kill this, like the Avengers of um, religion. But he comes in in like a Captain America-like moment to be like, I'm here, let's do this. And he just snaps his neck and he dies. And you're like, okay, what was the point in that? Oh, there wasn't, okay, there was no point in so any a, of that. That's a gag. That's like a full but on- it doesn't play it as a gag, which makes no sense. It plays it as like, he's here. Oh no, he's dead. What are we going to do? It's just like- That's a, no, that's a, who, David he, Golden Green knew what he was doing. That's I, a gag. I don't know if he knew what he's going to- That's a gag. You can't, you, that's- I will need to go and watch. You need the to scene. watch this movie and see how it's but not. That's a gag. not like that's a quip. That's a that's a quip in a horror film, which means which is which is lowering the tone of your horror film. But the movie has no tone because it's just <laughs> so dumb. And it's oh, and of course the big thing is in the first Exorcist movie there is a little girl who's uh, Reagan, Reagan, who has the demon Bazazu within her, and in this one there are. Oh. <gasps> wow, we've got two girls with it that need exercise at this point. Hey, the two girls always makes two girls one cup. Two girls in the Exorcist movie, and as a, <laughs> just gonna move right past Bird, that. Bird and Ernie, they're oh. they're a two o. As a quick side, the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe also came out last year. Uh, greatest horror comedy movie ever made. Uh, he rides a Vespa uh, everywhere. He is an absolute icon. He's a G that lives. Um, <laughs> If you want an Exorcist movie, go watch The Pope's Exorcist. Absolutely loved it. But my favourite movie of 2023... Favourite movie of the whole year. Was drum the- roll, please. And because Gavin's getting good at editing, he might actually put a drum roll in. Past Lives. You didn't see Past Lives, did you? I don't you? even know what you're talking My about. My favourite movie of 2023 was Past Lives. It is the story... 
Korean boy and girl, you uh-huh. know each other in school. They kind of have like a like a boyfriend girlfriend little relationship. Yep. But they're in school, so it's not that mean. But they're connected and they love How each other. How old are they? Let's say like twelve. Okay. And then her family chooses to move to America. Yeah. So she leaves, and they have this really heart wrenching scene where he's just like, "Oh, so you're leaving?" He's like, "Yeah." And he walks away down one street, and she walks up the stairs, and you're like, "Oh, they're never going to see each other again." Yeah. And then the movie is about exploring them reconnecting with each other. Yeah. Uh, it sounds great. It sounds fucking amazing. Over time. And he treats her as the one that got away. Yeah. And she thinks for a while he might be the one that got away. And there's a lot of video calling because he's in South Korea. She's in America. And it's them building this relationship. But then they lose touch again. And they come back together. And she then moves on. She gets married. She meets a man. And then it's this idea of that person out there, where they the one is this new person the one and mm. bringing those people together and exploring that and it's so beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and i just absolutely loved it and then your moniker for liking a film is do you want to rewatch it again mm. mine has always been how did it emotionally destroy me as a person when <laughs> watching it and past lives absolutely <clears throat> killed me there's, there's like a scene between uh the, the lady and her husband when they're lying in bed just talking about like you have a whole other life like I don't understand Korean and you mm. speak Korean do you dream in Korean you like there's a whole other part of your world that I'm not a part of and that I miss out on that and that worries me because he is that other part of that world will you go to him and I was just like that's such a as a dating someone who speaks Farsi and has a whole other world out yeah. there that I don't understand and a culture that I don't understand I'm like Oh, this is incredible. And it's that movie just breaks Sounds your like it heart. resonated with you on an emotional level. It did. And it's beautiful. And I loved it. And if you did not see Past Lives, much like when I recommended Gary Go watch Roma, he will not watch Past Lives, but you all should. I might watch Past Lives. It sounds more interesting than Roma. Okay, I don't know how to say that. What was that. Roma about again? Like a, no, we're like not a talking, I'm not talking to you about Roma. Circus. Yeah, it's, it's about a circus. It's about going to the circus. That's I might watch it if it's about a circus. No. Just talk to me about it. What, Roma? Yeah. It's uh, Alfonso Caron's movie where kind of, it's an unofficial biographical film of his when he's young. Well, I don't look at him like that. I hate you. He's made me talk about Roma and I didn't want to. Ah! Past Life is my favourite movie in 2023. I will give that a watch. <sighs> it's beautiful. Uh, my favourite film. Oh yeah, I forgot we didn't do yours yet. <laughs> I just, I just okay. got, my head's got so heavy there. Um, I, I mean, like like I said to Gavin, I've, I've just gone through a list of movies this year and um, yeah, a bit of a weird one for films. Like I would have thought Across the Spider-Verse was going to be up there, maybe a couple of other ones, but I I, I actually think um, Talk To Me ranks pretty high, but I think my favourite film of the year was Missing. Missing. Oh, is that the... The sequel to Searching. Searching. I never saw Missing. So... Like it, it follows in the footsteps of Searching, which is Searching is a film I fucking love. Searching, I think is, searching so is so good, so so good. And this just follows in the footsteps. It follows the same filming uh, convention where it's all on uh, on phones uh, and 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 film through like um, cameras on your laptop, cameras and stuff. in your laptops, and it's desktop screens and all this kind of stuff. You can see what they're doing on the screens and yeah, everything. It's 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 a really interesting way to make a movie you would assume it's something that you'd get sick of and it kind of would fit a short film. And he, and, and for the second time now, he's managed to stretch out the, the entire thing into a, like a, a feature length movie. Yeah. And once again, 
once again, much like with searching. It, if, basically, if you like searching, you're going to love missing because it is very, very similar. But once again, twist after twist after twist after mystery after mystery after mystery after like, holy fucking shit. I can't believe this is happening. This one does get a little bit... Uh, obviously, they had to like up the stakes from the last one because yeah. it's a sequel. And the, the story is very different, but they do, they, do, they do actively try to up the stakes. And near the end, it maybe gets a little bit too action-packed in a way that you're kind of like, this doesn't make as much sense that we have the... Does the- it feel like it loses the the confines of the... Like, it's it's always through screens, and, and it always is. But you, you, I reached a point where I was like, but why would we have access to this camera? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this camera shouldn't... We shouldn't have Why this are we in this guy's camera across the road while he's shopping and, like... It's Yeah, it's, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was one thing where I was like, hmm... But it fits and it works and whatever. So yeah, missing. It, it was fantastic. It's a it's a great sequel to an already great movie. Give them both a watch if you've not seen them because they're, they're they're phenomenal watch. And especially with a culture where we're so obsessed with screen time, yeah, and we're so obsessed at looking at our phones to tell a mystery in this unique format. Wow, mm, chef's kiss. Question: When I watch searching, the, one of the things I absolutely loved about it is while you're watching the movie, you can solve the mystery along with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it the same for this one? I'd say so. I'm too stupid, but okay. I would you didn't say realize the theme of talk. So me, on you know? on on second watch though, you watch through it and you're like, yep, like everything tracks. It doesn't like you know you don't and see it a, has little breadcrumbs. Yeah, you, you don't. Can, you know, at one point there's a picture that comes up, and I was just like, fuck, man, her mum's been taken. And then later on, it shows you the picture again, and then it does like a and look. And I was like, fuck. So the second watch, I was like. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> I remember. It's right, it's right there in the fucking picture. How did I not see it the first time? I remember like, when watching Searching, and I won't spoil it so people can go see it, but it was there was, they're looking through uh, the person who's gone missing, their mm. Facebook page, and it just kind of scan, scrolls through a bunch of profile picture pages. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like, whatever. And then later on, she's talking, or he's talking to someone, and there's just a family photo off yeah, in the background yeah, somewhere. Yeah. And I just happened to look over it, and I went, that's that person that was on that. And I went, they're connected. And, went, oh, and then it yeah. just like blew up from there. It's it's so good. It's, it's full of that again. It's I've, I've always said, I, I'm a big fan of mystery films, TV shows, mystery, anything. But I, I'm, I truly believe if you're going to write a mystery story, it should be a mystery story that the, that the audience can, can play solve. Along. Yeah. It's no fun watching a movie. And then at the end it goes, here's all the things that you didn't see, but you didn't see it because we didn't show you any of it. Actually, the gun was inside out and you could only have known that if you were inside the purse at exactly three o'clock. And it's like, oh, fuck, well... She's like, I'm never going to get that. That's not fun. Yeah, so like this, yeah, once again, yeah, great film, film of the year for me. Missing was brilliant. And I watched it twice this year, so there you go. I'm not going to watch that um, that you've recommended it because I do that when you recommend movies <laughs> and you can try it sometime. Don't be a baby. So yeah, that has been our favourite... Best, worst, 2023 movies. It's been a roundup. 2023 roundup. It's been a roundup, yeah. Like we said, we don't get a lot of chances to sit down and just chat movies. Usually we're just doing bits and idiocy. We used to do more because we were weeklies, so we kind of thought... But now we we have responsibilities, you know? We donate an entire week's episode to one film, and now we're we're too busy. And for anyone who doesn't know... Yeah, this is news. This is news, right? This is news if you're going to tell the news I think you're going to tell. Yeah, I don't think I... Yeah, I'm... Are you allowed to tell the news? Yeah. Is Hannah letting you tell the news? Yeah, she'll be... Hannah's not... Once again, Gavin, Hannah's not going to fucking know because she doesn't listen to the fucking episodes. Some people might message her from this. Who? Name one person. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, five listeners. 
I'm expecting. Me and Hannah have got a little uh, child coming on the way. Very exciting. So although we, me and Gavin off mic had talked about potentially going up to two episodes a month and trying to get back on track. And although I would love it, I really would. <laughs> You're going to be a dad. It's, it's, it's maybe not going to happen. Um, but yeah, how fucking great is that? There'll be I'll bring in I'll bring in the kid once that can watch films, and then you can get you can get baby Gary reviews. Send your send your love, your congratulations to Gary and Hannah, who are going to be parents. Uh, I am now going to be sidelined. Uh, my importance will dwindle even more. Uh, and yeah, this podcast. What importance? Well, <laughs> uh, this has been the Meandering Movie Podcast. <laughs> that has been our best and worst of twenty twenty three. Obviously, the best of twenty twenty four will be little Gary. Junior, or whatever the child will be called. And we're, we're looking at Bleb for a boy and Smin for a girl. Smin is terrible for a girl. Well, you like Bleb for a boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, check out our social medias. Go into the description down below. Give us a follow. Definitely follow Gary for baby updates because apparently he's now giving out baby information. I don't know. We're talking about that. I had so many jokes during that episode I could have made about babies. <laughs> um, TikTok, Instagram, X, follow. Love us. We love you. We'll be back next month. Next was another episode, another episode of the Meandering Movie Podcast. We love you. Bye. Music is lame. It's Meandering Movies. It's Meandering Movies. It's Meandering Movies. So won't you lend an ear?